Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Trot's Talk. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. Good morning. Welcome to Trot's Talk. Michael Guerin and Greg O'Connor joining you on a Sunday morning. I hope your Saturday was fun. On the harness racing front, congratulations to our friends at Wyndham. It was their centenary meeting yesterday, 100 years. Not a bad effort. And congratulations to everybody involved in that wonderful club. Also, congratulations this morning with an interview to Mark Purden, the champion trainer, trained his 2500 domestic winner. 2,500 domestic winners, obviously, many of them in partnership with different varieties of people. We'll talk to him very shortly. That happened at Addington on Friday, and that extended through to him winning the feature three-year-old races at Alexandra Park as well. A very special guest on the show this morning is Jim Gibbs, champion galloping trainer, retired, now champion owner of some wonderful harness horses. He had a special milestone last week. And we're going to talk to Maddie White, who has won a Group 1 at Cambridge in 2008 and now has a drive in the race by Grimm's. That and the Southern Man segment coming up today. Greg O'Connor, we're getting to a pretty exciting time of the season. It's Oaks and Derby week here in Auckland. And then pretty much, my friend, it's feature racing or close to Group 1 racing every week for about eight weeks. Yeah, you're right, Michael. Morning to you. Morning, everyone. Looking forward to some of our guests on today. Amongst those you mentioned, our Southern Man segment will have a Southern lady who continues to, well, dominate the junior driver ranks. Uh, she's dominated the Team Teal campaign with 15 wins, Sarah O'Reilly. And we'll talk to Jeff Whitaker, who has three runners in today. Doesn't have a big team, Jeff, but having three at the races is almost takes care of most he has in work, and we can have a chat to him at Rugby League as well. Michael, of course, a big win, an upset win up there in North Queensland for the Warriors, so looking forward to catching up with Jeff as well. But, yep, 2,500 wins for a man we've been lucky enough to have in our careers basically right through them, Michael and Mark Purden. Looking forward to having a chat to him. Yep, the champagne corks were popping after this win at Addington on Friday night. Win 2,500 in the New Zealand career of Mark Purden. Bollinger leads at the 400 by three quarters. See ya, Art Chelpatch into it three wide. Lumen Shaley in the trail held up happy place and then Warlock and Magic four. 29-3 the third quarter. It's Bollinger for home. Breathing down his neck. Lumen Shaley sticking on. See ya, Art. No run. Happy place and then Chelpatch. Leader Bollinger. Lumen Shaley can't get there for now. See ya, Art running on. Still Bollinger in front from Lumen Shaley. See ya, Art. Bollinger, Lumen Shaley. It's hats off to you, Mark Purden. Two and a Half thousand wins and you'll do it with Bollinger. Second across Lumen Shaley. See ya, Art. May it wasn't a nervous watch because Lumen Shaley also trained by Mark and now Nathan Purden. So 
either result would have got the job done. Mark, good morning. Thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, congratulations from us all. And did you actually see that race or actually even know you were on 2,499 domestic New Zealand wins? <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Um, no, I didn't actually know till, uh, till the, I, I watched the race and then left for the Auckland meeting up here. Um, so I watched the race on TV and then uh, then left. So uh, it was a good call by Matt Cross, and uh, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the listen. So uh, not knowing that I was was on that, um, it, it was great. So yeah. so they're, they're coming up the straight, and Matt announces that, and that's the first time you've you've thought that you're on <laughs> two thousand four hundred and ninety nine wins. Yes, yeah, I was completely unaware of it, Nick. Um, but you know, it's a wonderful achievement. Very proud of it. What's your best guess? And I know you've got no idea, but I'm going to have fun asking you this. What's your best guess on how many winners you've trained in Australia? Oh, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't have any idea. I suppose it'd be, would it be 150 or roundabout? It'd be a few. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. When you hear a number like that, Mark, and obviously you've been in racing since you were a little kid, obviously your dad is a Hall of Fame trainer, your late dad, your brother is a Hall of Fame trainer, um, your brother-in-law is a Hall of Fame driver. But when you hear a number like that, 2,500, what does it do? Is it something you're proud of? Is it something you're stunned about? Is it, how does it make you feel thinking that each win brings joy and pleasure to punters, to owners. To, it's a moment in New Zealand racing, every single entity of a win, and you have had 2,500 of them. Yes. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a wonderful achievement in New Zealand. Like, um, you know, people were provided with more racing opportunities have, have done it, obviously, in Australia and, and, and sort of around the world. But... Uh, to do it here in New Zealand, I think it's a great achievement, and I think I joined Barry in, in that in that number. So uh, it's nice to be up there with him. Mark, congratulations! Uh, a magnificent achievement, and clearly Group Ones is where it's at. And you've had two hundred and thirty-seven of those, and the race where it's at is the IRT New Zealand Cup. When we wind out uh, the memory banks back a little bit. To, Elva Colo and, and what he was able to achieve in 95, 96 and you were I think about 30 at that stage and your late mate John Seaton was uh, involved in, in that horse. Um, it took you nearly 20 years to win another cup and, and now you've won eight as a trainer. It just shows you how difficult that period was and, and the quality of horse we had on the track because the New Zealand Cup is still number one isn't it? It is, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's not an easy race to win. But uh, you know, when you look at the horses that have done it over the last say ten or twelve years, so they, they have been special horses. So uh, you know, it, it's the number one race to win, and it's still still number one in my opinion. Mark, half a dozen winning drives in the race, just one shy of Ricky May's uh, record. What pushes the buttons for you these days? You're now in training partnership with one of your sons, Nathan, and Michael's uh, at the stable as well. Is it setting things up for the future for them? Is that's what driving you? Because not only have you won everything Australasia-wise, you've won it multiple times. So what's the motivation now? Yeah, it is that, Greg. It's um, giving Nathan more responsibility and, and Michael a little bit more as well. But... Um, 
yeah, sort of handing the reins over, and they're so young, and they've got the energy to to do a bigger team, and we'll do a big team, and and um, and keep things ticking along. So, um, you know, very very pleased to have them on board, and and with the rest of the team that have been loyal to us as well. So, uh, yeah, looking to the future, but my my role's sort of going to change a little bit, and with with the thoroughbreds aboard, I'm really looking forward to the challenge of training them next, you know, starting sort of next June, July. Yep, we're looking forward to seeing uh, what you're able to achieve with them too. Just back to Friday night, and I know Mick's going to speak to you shortly about what happened at Alexandra Park. Uh, No matter what returned, first up from the Oaks, and she was quite outstanding, and you had a better's delight filly, first up, fortify her name, owned by your Leviathan owner, and Jean Feast, and well, she couldn't have gone any better. Plug still in, home in 27-3, and she looks a filly uh, of immense ability. So Nathan doing the business down here in Christchurch, I know that you want to see him get some credit for uh, all the work he's been doing with those horses. Oh, yes, absolutely, yeah. And, and uh, Pete Finish and I are very proud of, of his achievements, too, and quite rightly so. So, um, you know, he's been doing um, most of the work with these horses for a little while, and... Uh, yeah, it was it was wonderful and wonderful to watch for me and and uh, knowing that you know the show will still go on. Okay, Mark, let's head to Alexandra Park on Friday night where there were heats, more or less heats of the uh, of the Derby. It was a lead up race, a sire stakes race, and of course there was the Keen Bricken, uh, sorry, the Peter Bricken Memorial, Peter Bricken Memorial. Firstly, let's just catch up on that sire stakes heat. It's the crucial lead up race to this week's Derby. Down the back in a 29-4. Across the top they come. Sooner the better. Hard to run down. To its outside is Sherlock. Sinbad in the trail. Further back, Mr. President. Out wider on the track. Widening up is Merlin. Sooner the better. Coming after it out wide. Here's Merlin. Sprinting down centre track. And still there in the centre. Sherlock lifts. Sherlock's brave. Sherlock wins. Over Sooner the better. Then follows Merlin. Well, Bruce Sherwin with a wonderful call there on the Sire Stakes heat. It leads up to the Derby. That's this Friday night. Mark, I watched that video a few times, and at the 2.50, you appeared to be in trouble. He was hanging. Merlin was sweeping. But he really found another gear in the last 100 metres, Sherlock. Is this a horse who's right in the zone? Because he seems to be even a better horse than he was November, December last year. Yes, quite possibly is. He's I've always felt he's he's had the ability, and you know, probably at that time just a little bit overshadowed by Don't Stop Dreaming and and Merlin. But um, Friday night, he, you know, I, I felt confident he'd go a good race. I didn't know whether he'd beat Merlin or not, but um, um, you know, I, I was moved him round. I think that was the right right time to be on the move, and and got round. And he was lovely and kind just outside the leader. He was a little awkward round the last corner, and just got a little bit rocky, just prior to turning in. So, once he sort of got balanced up, and I was able to, you know, to pull the plugs and say, "Come on, boy, let's go." And at that stage, I thought Merlin was going to go right by me, but he did lift. He really impressed me the way he did lift, and you know, Merlin didn't sort of take any ground off him when I when I asked him for that. Is he a horse who, if he draws well on the derby and those barrier draws are tomorrow, he could have the gate speed to be used and get to the top, which is the place so many derbies are won from? Uh, yes, he's got the gate speed. He's, he, um, 
Yeah, he's leading one of the one of the major races in Christchurch one day from a good draw. So uh, he does have gate speed, um, uh, but he's 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 versatile too, Mick. So uh, you know he, he he doesn't really have to lead, but um, I'm sure being in front wouldn't worry him. Style is what Millwood Nike is, the perfect 10 mark when you think of some of the, the great fillies, you and Natalie and, and uh, Grant Payne going. Um, where does she sit? Because she seems to have everything that you could possibly want in a quality racehorse. And more than that, she's always looked like an Oaks type filly with her length and her stride length, um, it looks perfect for her this week. Yes, yes. She's got a lot of bottom to her. She's got speed and great gait. You know, she's just got everything to uh, the, the great horses have. So, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to the Oaks with her, and I think it'll be a different run race. And, um, you know, I thought she, she is strong, so I, I'm sure the distance will suit her. Mark, uh, looking forward to the race by Grins. You've had your challenges with self-assured, only a minor setback, and uh, Akuta you're doing some maintenance with now too. Are you still of the mind that they're heading in the right direction, particularly self-assured for the defence of his race, but the favourite for the race by Grins is Akuta, so the punters would like to know where you think they're at. Yes, well, initially on Friday, I had our vet Barb Hunter out to look at Akuta and we thought we might be better just to do the maintenance early next week but um, he, he did train great yesterday and um, and uh, and then he jogged good and sound this morning so um, just talking to, to Barb this morning we sort of, we're going to review things and, and train him in the morning and make a call then so at this stage he's not out of it and, um, and, and we've still got time up our sleeves to do that maintenance sort of after he races next Friday if we choose to go ahead with that so um, that's my preference. I'd like to get him there. And um, as I say, I was, I was wrapped with his training yesterday. One horse who will be there, Mark, is self-assured, who bizarrely is almost an underrated horse for a horse who's won a New Zealand Cup, two Auckland Cups, a race by Grins, a New Zealand free for all. He, he doesn't seem to have a glamour tag about him, Mark. I'm not sure why that is. is do, you, do you sort of feel that? I mean, he has a record up there with some of the best horses you've ever had, but you very really hear the word champion associated with self assured. Yeah, no, you don't. No, he just no, he just tends to fly under the radar. But you know, he's probably going to be vulnerable this week, but he'll still go good. And uh, and I'm sure, you know, the re- lead up race before before the race, uh, he he'll be spot on. So um, you know, he's he's in a good place at the moment. He's good and sound and, and very happy and and uh, doing his work well. Mark, we haven't seen the two-year-olds uh, out for you and Nathan yet, and I know it's very early days because the season's not what it used to be. Do you have a two-year-old bowling around at home who gives you a good feel at this stage? I'm not saying it's going to be your best two-year-old because that may not be decided till December, but do you have one or two for our listeners just to squirrel away so they've got something to look forward to when these two-year-old races start? Um. I can't really tip you into one yet. There's one, well, I don't know his racing name, but he's by Vincent and he's owned by Gene Feast. Um, but he's one I, I, I do do quite like. Um, he's had a week off and he's back on track now. So, uh, yeah, if you could watch out for him, I'm, I'm sure he'll be one that'll do a nice job for us. 
Mark, we appreciate your time this morning. And here's a question completely without notice. So therefore, we'll get an emotional answer rather than a statistical answer. When you look back on 2,500 wins in New Zealand, and let's make it 150 to 200 in Australia, what's a win that you loved? Not a win that you enjoyed or was satisfied. What was a moment of victory on a racetrack anywhere that you loved, that made your chest swell up, that made you proud, or that you just enjoyed that moment? What was a win that means something to you when you hear a sentence and a question like that? Uh, I'd say, um, off the cuff, I'd say it was Smolder winning the Inter-Dominion final. And, uh, of course, my good mate Neil, who, who hadn't been, you know, was having health issues at the time and hadn't made it over, you know, I just knew he'd be just so emotional. And uh, even afterwards, he told me he even had a little cry, <laughs> which is a pretty big thing for Neil, if you know Neil. <laughs> and uh, so that was that was a really touching win. And a hell of a performance too, Mark. He wasn't exactly a Gloucester Park horse, was he? No, he wasn't. And it was just, a, you know, lucky enough he drew the outside and he was, he was a forgotten horse really with the punters. And um, But, you know, the race, the way the race was won, it just turned it round and and, uh, and, and and he was tough too. So, you know, made the move on my own and, and made, the, made the front down the back. And, and of course, he was always going to be hard because he was such a great stayer. Mark, it's been a hell of a body of work. It's nowhere near finished. Um, we'll see you at Alexandra Park to chase a few more Group 1s this week. But thank you for joining us on Trot's Talk this morning. And from everybody who sat at a pub tab in their car listening to races, have been to Addington on Cup Day or have been in their lounge enjoying a win with their friends over the journey of the 2,500 plus, uh, we thank for all the work that goes into those because we know it's uh, it's not an easy project and every single horse is a different entity. No, thanks very much. I've enjoyed the journey too and I hope it goes on for some time yet. That's Mark Purdom, Mr 2500 plus more. We don't know what the real number is, so it's a bit bigger number than that. And a lot of those Australian wins, of course, at the absolute highest level. Uh, because of that, um, today's code word, to get into the barrier, to get into, not barrier draw, get into the draw. We could call it a barrier draw. <laughs> get into the draw for your chance to win a $50 bonus bet from the TAB. Uh, you need to text into double eight double three. so double eight double three. your name, that's the important part. Your TAB account number, you've got to have that. And the code word or words for today are Mark. You can put Mark. You can put Marky. You can put MP. You can put GOAT. Uh, you can put Marky Mark. Sometimes when I'm bored and I'm talking to Greg about Mark Purden, I call him Marky Mark just because <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, yeah. If you, you, you give us something which producer dude Robbie can equate to Mark Purden. So Marky Mark, MP. Um, Barry's little brother. You can put out whatever you want and you'll go in the draw and maybe if you want to juice it up a little bit, you can give us your favourite ever Mark Purden trained horse and why. Have you got one? Is it Sharp and Telford? Is it Pride of Petite? Who knows? Was it Elva Cola? Was it Big Lass? Join in the conversation. Double eight double three. your name, your TRB account number. You've got to have a mark or a markism in there somewhere. Uh, and add in what your favourite Mark Purden trained horse is. On the other side of this, we're going to do the Southern Man slash Southern Woman segment, and we're going to try and find out later in the programme what Greg O'Connor's favourite 
Mark Purden trained horse is. You're listening to Trot's Talk, courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand here on SENZ. Get those texts in to double weight, double three. Don't forget your name and your TAB account number. And the funny part's going to be producer dude Robbie knows nothing about harness racing, so now he's going to have to try and work out whether these horses are real or not. This is going to be a bit of fun here with about 40 minutes to go on Trot's Talk. We're going to take a break. I'm a sovereign man And I'm so brilliant I got the south in my blood And I'm gonna be here till I'm dead well Yes, it is our southern man or southern woman to start with uh, today's segment. This is where we head to the track and find out what you could be backing on a Sunday afternoon. And the old slogan, I think that was... uh, worked out by the late Derek Jones was happiness is a day at the Carrara trots and I'm picking that Sarah O'Reilly with the weather we've got in Canterbury today it couldn't but be happiness as I say a very good morning to you Hi how's it going? Yeah excellent thanks uh, Sarah congratulations on the way things have gone particularly over the Team Teal campaign the six weeks campaign where you had more than double the second-best female driver. 15 wins would have been, well, beyond your expectations, I, I suppose, but for for a, a great cause that it is, uh, you must have been delighted with what has happened uh, in that six-week period. Yeah, no, it went really well. Um, there was a bit of involved, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, so it was really great to get all those wins for the cause, Team Kill. Yep, three wins for you on Thursday night, and all of them about double figures. I think at Manawatu too, Petronelli G, Santana Mac, and Dr. Tim, who you've had a good association with. But Carrara today, 10 past 12 is the first there, and you drive a horse with a big motor in that first race, trained by the master Paul Nen Tectonic, who I know has been to the trials. Tell me what sort of three-year-old can we expect, because he was pretty good at two. Yep, no, he was, and... Um... He had a standing start trial um, a few weeks ago now. Um, he was off the unruly and he did it pretty safely. But um, just with the big field today, I'm hoping that he will bring his best manners. But usually race day is a bit different to a quiet um, trial at Ashburton. So, yeah, I'll just be hoping that he brings his manners. If he does, Sarah, the $2.70 for a horse that was Group 1 placed at his last start... Um, he should take some beating. Yeah, you'd think so. He's a pretty tough customer and he should enjoy the grass. So, yeah, we'll just be hoping that the start goes well. Lolata Midfer in race number two is a $26 chance and would need to lift for the James McDonald team. But Chris Lynn in race number six has been well-backed and does have the ability, even off the second row, to be pretty hard to beat. Yeah, um, did have a trial... Um, the other week at Ashburton against some nice Mark Purden horses. So that form's looking pretty good and the draw's not too bad from second row. So hopefully we can get a um just um get a good run through there and be handy enough and she should be there at the finish. Uncle Leo has chance on me in race seven, the team teal race and it's uh, pretty strongly supported around the $6 mark. Um, what's Uncle Leo suggesting about the chances of Chance on Me in the 7th? I haven't really talked to him um, about her yet, but 
Um, she trailed up really nicely the other day here on the grass um, against one of my dad's horses, Sweet Belle. So um, she likes the grass, and I think she did. She has one here before as well, so she enjoys this track. The draw might be a wee bit tricky as it's quite a big field, but she has the ability, so she'll be there at the finish. Sister's Delights, you're driving race number eight, Sarah. Uh, continues to race very well, so it was always an each-way uh, chance, one at Rungiora and then placed both days on the coast. Yeah, she always goes a really good race. She's really honest. Um, being out wide is probably a bit more tricky for her, um, but she's definitely got the speed um, and the determination because she's a wee bit strong in the head sometimes. But... Um, yeah, she always goes a good race, so hopefully um, she does it again today. Buckskins come up $2.30. You don't often see that off a 30-metre mark at the Mott, but he's one of your favourites, and you've driven him for plenty of wins, and most of those have been on the grass, and he looks well-placed today. Yep, he loves the grass, and he loves this track too. Um, the 30 metres hopefully shouldn't be too much of a problem over the distance here. Um Hopefully we can get a drag into it or see how the race has been run, but um, he definitely should be there at the finish today. Hey, Sarah, you've got half a dozen drives. You're the favourite for the Drivers' Challenge. For our Trots Talk listeners on SENZ, what, in your opinion, is the best of them? Um, I would probably have to say Buckskin. He always tries his best in every race, and he's got good manners. Um, at the start, so yeah, hopefully he can be my best today. Alright, really appreciate your time, go well. Thank you very much. That's Sarah O'Reilly, from Sarah O'Reilly to a man who doesn't have a big team, and I'm picking taking three to the races, might take care of uh, most of the ones he's got in work. Jeff Whitaker joins us uh, on the line. Morning to you, Jeff. Uh, good morning, Greg. How are things going? Yeah, excellent. Thanks, mate. Um, how many are you working these days? And uh, are most of them at the Mott today? Because a three-pronged attack is not something normal these days for the Jeff Whitaker Barn. No, that's right. Sort of once uh, Christian Hu and another chapter sort of uh, finished and got in foul, we, uh, we had to sort of start again. So, hey, we've got four, four in work, and I've got another four that'll be in, in the next week or two, young ones to sort of do a bit of education with. So, yeah, pretty well. Uh, most of the team's here today, Greg. Yeah, Till the Sunset's having its first start in race number one. And uh, this one uh, owned or part owned, where you guys are involved. But uh, Norm Withers, who's been with your stable for a long time and race till the sun goes down. Um, how, how does this one shape up? Four-year-old taking a little bit of time. And, and what are your expectations today? I think uh, whatever he does today, he'll improve on. You know, he's had a few trials. Um, we've sort of been... Uh, easy on him and you know, they qualified and we give him a break and then we brought him back and we give him a few trials and then give him another wee break so hey you know he's um, he's got great manners and it'll be good to have a first sort of start on the grass and and, um, and then see how he goes from there but with having good manners uh, I think from now on um, a bit of practice as Trotter's need you know I'd like to think he'd, he'd get a little bit better you know.
All right, Moe Chardon, race number eight. She managed to get a win at her last start, and we know she was a high-priced yearling, but her mum took a wee while to come to it, and I guess you're hoping with her now being a four-year-old that that's the case. Uh, she's fresh up today. Jim Curtin takes the reins again, a whitish front-row draw, but where's she at, and is she on the uh, improvement curve? Uh, yeah, mate, oh, she's had a couple of trials, and uh, her work this week was nice. I was happy with where she's at. Um, she had a good month off after she won, which was, was good for us. She sort of went out uh, feeling pretty pretty well and, and fit, really. So it was a good time to give her a wee break. And she's come back, mate. She's probably eating uh, twice as much as what she did last time in. And so, um, you know, I'm expecting, um, you know, this, this prep will be, be nice. But um, another wee break somewhere along the lines. And, uh, and then, um, you know, uh, look at look at... You know, later on in the year again, uh, I think she just she's just a filly that just got better and you know better each time, and and the breed uh, sort of tells you that. So, and the owners know that too. And I just like to wish Graham and uh, all the best, Graham McClintock. He hasn't been well lately, and it must be in the stable at the moment because poor Normie had a um, you know a little uh, had to end up in hospital the other night. So I'm wishing Normie all the best as well. So uh, hopefully we can give him a little bit of a tonic, both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Norton Withers, a, a real uh, stalwart of your barn and, and uh, you know, hell of a nice bloke. So we wish him well. And special dream for the Deveries in the last has an awkward draw, but definitely is the motor to get itself into the finish here. Yeah, mate. Like, I think it'd be easier to uh, to win Lotto than to, for him to get a nice draw. I'd hate to think, you know, when he actually had a, a nice draw, he's, he's pretty well drawn the outside the front or the outside the second most of his life. So he hasn't had it that easy, but... Hey, he's a month since he raced, uh, only because with much uh, with Rangiora being scratched, you know, two weeks ago cancelled, um, he sort of missed that race. But his work this week's been okay, and you know he's had a few starts. So, um, you know, I'm thinking whatever he does today, I think he'll improve. Um, if we look at lining him up in a couple of weeks, you know. All right, really appreciate your time. How much do you enjoy the Warriors' win last night? That was a big effort, wasn't it? Putting your league hat on. Um, gee, to beat North Queensland up there, Jeff, a, a big result for them. Oh, it's great. They've started well, and, you know, it's a pretty good competition. You know, who would have thought that uh, the Dolphins were three from three and Para would have none from three? So it just shows you how, you know, they're all playing good footy, but it just shows you how strong this competition is. and. Uh, mate, if you don't turn up each week, you know you you get in trouble and you get beat. So uh, it's going to be a good uh, a good season of uh, of rugby league, to be honest. It sure is. That's Jeff Whitaker, who of course is a rugby league man and has his team in today at the Mott. That was the Southern Man segment and Southern Woman segment with Sarah O'Reilly also joining us. So we thank Jeff and Sarah. Some great texts coming in. Um, Favorite horses of Mark Purden's. This is for you to get involved on double eight double three self-assured uh, says Brett because I was involved with the race by Grins last year loved young Rufus couple of names for Mark one we've got Goat that's probably pretty fair it's overused but in a Mark case it's probably true um, people saying I loved Alva Colo could Millwood Nike be his next champion Auckland Reactor gets a mention 
uh, Marky's Barry's brother, Roy's little boy. <laughs> There's some names for Mark. And someone's <laughs> put a Mr. Bean. I'm not sure that's very fair. But to be honest, Mr. Bean's probably also rich, well-off, and very good at what he does. So maybe there's some synergy there with Mark Purdom. Get your text in. A couple of Lazaruses in there too and a couple of other of the big names. So get your text in, double eight double three. Your name, your TAB account number, and a reference to Marky Purdom, whether it's Mark, MP, GOAT, you put it in there, go into the draw for a chance to win a $50 bonus bet courtesy of the tab. We have been chatting, so we're running out of time. So very quickly, on the other side of this break, we're going to talk to a legend of the Galloping Code, who's becoming a legendary owner in the Harness Code, and that's the great Jim Gibbs. And welcome back to Trot's Talk. We've been celebrating the career of Mark Purden this morning after 2,500 domestic wins. Ticked over at Addington on Friday night, a good friend of Mark's and a great trainer in his own right. In the other code is Jim Gibbs, who had a milestone of his own last week. Since retiring from training, I think that was about 15 years ago at the age of around 67, Jim's had 250 winners, both codes. So obviously some great gallopers, but some wonderful harness horses headlined by Spankham who won a miracle mile. He's on the phone. Good morning to you, Jim. Congratulations on a, an unusual but a hell of a milestone. That must make you very proud. Yeah, morning, Michael. Yes, uh, Anne and I are very proud. Um, it was a hobby. started off as a hobby, then it grew, and, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of success. We've been very lucky. Why would a guy like yourself, who knows so much about gallopers and, and can look at a galloper and just go, ping, I know what I'm looking at, why would a guy like yourself, with your wife Anne, get involved in owning harness horses? Well, we used to have a, a wine at five, every night at five o'clock, and then we'd just w- watch the racing, and of course the uh, uh, harness racing was on, and, and I just took an interest. I had a bit of a go 15 years ago, uh, I think Barry Pur- no more than that, probably 20 years ago, and had a win, Barry Purton trained for me, and... Um, Mr Mitchell trained for me and uh, uh, girl Chilcott I just forget her first name now but I had no luck two or three horses and then I went out of it and then uh, I started up again just as a hobby and it went from there I felt that uh, it was easier to buy a pacer and your chances were probably a little bit better. You know how many sell at the sales, Michael, and how many uh, paces are sold and how many gallopers, and the different prices at that time. It just was just a little hobby, sort of, but it grew when we had success, naturally. Yeah, congratulations, Jim. 250th win with first class and a midweek uh, meeting at Timaru. But, gee, you've had some of the great wins. 23, I think you were telling me, Group 1 wins, and... The ultimate win in Australia, of course, uh, with Spankham and the Miracle Mile, that's every owner's dream. Is, is, is that the best of them? Well, it is the best. It was the best stake, and it was probably the greatest win. But, uh, yeah, it would be the best. But, you know, we've won three jewels and uh, Auckland Cups. And, yeah, to be honest. You talk, you talk about the Auckland risk. Cup. Of course, that was with Turn It Up, who... Won again, Jim, last night uh, in Queensland. So um, he's been a remarkable horse. I think he's won about 26, 27 races. It was his 27th win last night. 
yes. Jim, you've had Mark Purden as your predominant trainer, and you've obviously trained against some of the great trainers. You would have trained against Tommy Smith, and you would have trained against Bart. That's how long you've been doing the job. How do you rate Mark as a horse person? Well, I sort of call him as, you know, I called him a bit of a genius. Uh, Just incredible, really. Uh, I think his group one wins are something near 250, and that's close to what Bart Cummings achieved in his career, and he was in, in his 80s. So, you know, it's amazing, really. And I say, oh, it's different pacing to galloping, but by God, it's tough. Opposition's there. And, yeah, he's outstanding. Uh, I'm lucky to have him trained from. He's trained, I think, 120 winners that I've been involved with. So, you know, that's amazing. All right, Jim, these days you still own the occasional galloper, but obviously your training career uh, is behind you, your storied training career. How does Jim Gibbs fill his day? Because whenever I ring you, you it doesn't sound like you've been fishing, doesn't sound like you've been golfing and doing all that sort of stuff. So what do you do with yourself, Jim? What do you do to keep yourself out of Anne's here and keep her from going insane? Well, for a long time I was building furniture as a hobby and I became quite proficient at it. And in the end... uh, I donated it all to some ladies that were trying to raise money for a horse that's in the middle of a Matamata Township, a racehorse. Magnificent uh, uh, what, what it is. It's, it cost a quarter of a million, so they were raising this money. So I donated all the furniture I'd built. It was about 200 pieces. This was over a period of 10 years. A lot of it I sold on. I even opened a shop in town and sold furniture for a bit. There was a bit of a hobby and a bit of fun. But it only lasted a month. I couldn't stand that too long. So I was always busy, and then I got quite a big property. There's always something to do, and I do big walks to keep myself fit. And Yeah, fill in the day, and if I want to sit down and read a book, I, I love reading a book, so, yeah. Jim, it sounds like a life being well lived, and I didn't know that about the furniture. That's fascinating stuff. Just quickly, what's the best horse you trained? Would Tidal Light have been the best horse you had? Probably had a hundred horses that won over a hundred thousand. That mightn't sound much, a hundred thousand, but I had a lot of handy horses. She was she was quite outstanding. She is still the fastest horse I believe that's ever gone round Ellerslie. She broke two minutes for that um, NZ Stakes Group One when she won that after winning the Derby. Uh, yeah, she went one fifty nine something, and I think if you check, that's still a record. So you know, she was. A great little mare. Jim, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Um, Congratulations on 250 ownership wins since you retired from training. And enjoy your Sunday, enjoy your walk, enjoy your glass of wine later on. I know you'll probably be sticking around to watch the uh, the Hong Kong derby later on tonight. So uh, good luck with your harness horses heading forward. Thanks for the ring, Michael and Greg. Thank you so much. Good luck to everybody. It's the great Jim Gibbs who trained Tidal Light and his ex-training partner, Roger James, is taking prowess to Sydney this week. We could talk for ages about Jim's accomplishments, but we've got to box on because the future is just around the corner. The race by Grimms and Matty White has got a drive in it. We'll talk to him here on Trot's Talk after this short break. Getting a lot of those texts in about Mark Purden and his career and a lot of them coming up with GOAT. So it's overused, GOAT. Of course it is. Everybody uses it all the time these days. But 
In his case, I think it's pretty fair because he does have the record of the best. The race by Grins is just around the corner. We are getting close to April the 14th for the Million Dollar Race. This week it was announced that Nicholas Cage is going to be part of the race and his driver will be a local boy in Matthew White. Good morning to you, Matty. That must have been very exciting to hear this week. You're going to be part of the Million Dollar Race on your home track. Yeah, morning, Mick. Um, yeah, no, very exciting. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a great buzz, and um, you know, it's not every week you you get to go around for a million. So, um, you know, really looking forward to it. Must seem a long time ago now, Matt. Since we know what two and a half years was it? Three years ago, you had quite a bad accident on the track, and you were pretty banged up. And back then, driving in a million dollar race uh, must have seemed an awfully long way away. Yeah, probably, Mick, yeah. Um, I can't actually remember the, the crash. Um, you know, so uh, probably a good thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, yeah, it's sort of one of those things, eh? It sort of, uh, you know, creeps up on you. But, um, yeah, it's good. In the last six months, Maddie, you seem to have driven more big winners than you have for a long time. You seem to have got a, a good association with a couple of southern stables, including... Paul Nien and Bob Butt, and not bad people to be in with. What's happened in your career that's putting you on the front end of fields on good horses? Uh, probably just opportunities, Mick. Like, um, you know, just, just getting opportunities to, to drive those horses. And, uh, you know, I've been quite lucky that, um, you know, Bob's sort of sent a couple of nice ones up and, you know, good to drive resolve and to win the Green Lane Cup, which is a nice race and and um yeah, just just through those associations really. What about Nicholas Cage? He's a horse who went to Alexandra Park nine days ago. He beat two of the best and copied that at a cooter. Can he improve enough in the next month to actually be a winning chance in the race by Grins, or is this just a step? in time, and the real Nicholas Cage is maybe six months or a year away. Uh, yeah, it's probably a good point, Mick. Yeah, probably a little bit of both, you know. Um, you know, he's still not the finished product just yet. And, uh, you know, like, I actually watched the, the race last year, with, stood there and watched it with Andrew and Lynn, and, and, you know, I think Nicholas Cage had only had sort of a couple of starts starts by then and um you know you never you never thought all this you know could be a race from the following year so he's come a long way in such a short time and you know he's still learning um but you know so it's it's a wee bit of both you know like um you know probably take natural improvement out of the race the other night and um he's you know like like he's got to have probably a few favors to be able to win the race um but, you know, if you can draw to lead and, and or even, you know, be somewhere on the fence, well, you know, it, it's going to make it a lot easier. Well, Matty, it's, exi- um, it, it, it's exciting for you, Matty. Um, we're going to bounce out of this, brother. Mate, I'm thrilled that you're going to drive in a million-dollar race on your home track, and we'll be talking to you before then for another one of our shows in the box seat. OK, cool. Thanks, Matt. It's Matthew White. Greg O'Connor, what's your bet of the day, your one bet of the day at Motokarara today? Air player, a multi late in the day, Michael. Buckskin, you heard Sarah.
is very, very positive about its chances. And I reckon Barnstormer will win the last. So race nine, number eight, race 11, number eight. The multi is just over $5. Well done, brother. Talk to you soon. Uh, producer dude, Robbie, some great text in today about Mark EP or Mark Purden or the GOAT. Uh, who wins our $50 bonus bet? Some great texts indeed. I uh, I recognise the names of all the horses. No, you don't. Uh, of course I do. <laughs> um, but I've gone for, gone for Anne-Marie, who said uh, he might be the number one MP, but I reckon Lazarus could just about be voted PM. Ah, good point. Well played. That's producer dude. Well, well done to Anne-Marie. You get a $50 bonus bet courtesy of the tab. This has been Trot's Talk, courtesy of Harness Racing New Zealand. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Have a great day. If you're bidding at Monocarrara, do so responsibly. All those odds available on tab.co.nz.